So I grew up in this really small town. Uh, our church is actually bigger than my, than my hometown. And, and from the earliest memories I have, I wanted to get out. I wanted to get away from it. it was it the dirt roads? Maybe. Was it the isolation that I felt being an hour from like a McDonald's? Probably. Could it have been the instability in my family? Most likely. But I can remember saying to my mother, I want to leave here. I don't like it here. I want to go. And as soon as I was old enough to make that decision, I left because I knew there was something else out there and I had to go find it. It was greater than where I was. I wasn't fulfilled by where I was and I wanted to go. Maybe you can relate to that. Thinking there's something more. It's kind of a universal thing with humans. We, we seek to to try to get more. And one of the reasons I think is because we're afraid we're gonna miss something. My now 19-year-old daughter, when she was a baby, she didn't sleep. She just did not sleep. It actually made Sin and I have to really consider having another child. I was like, if this is what it means to have a baby, one is plenty. I don't need any more because I wanna sleep. But when she became a toddler, no sleep. When she got a little bit past that, no sleep. She would come in our bedroom at night you know, and stand by my bed, and I would hear this, Daddy. And be like, oh, you know, like a demon or something <laughs> saying my name. And, and I would say, what? And she would say, I can't sleep. And I would say, but I can. I can sleep. You don't have to tell me that. Honey, why can't you sleep? What's wrong? Well, I feel like I'm going to miss something. And I was like, there's nothing going on. Look, it's quiet. If Mommy and I decide to have a party, we'll come get you. <laughs> Just go back. It was a phase. I mean, Thank goodness. It was just a, a few months she did that, and then finally she stopped. Some people never get out of that phase of feeling like, I'm going to miss something. If I don't make this decision now, if I don't do this, I'm going to miss something. And so you know what we do? We end up marrying the wrong person because why? We're afraid we're going to miss out on love if we don't get it right or get it while it's in front of us. Or we end up in so much debt, we don't know how to get out of it because we've said, I don't want to miss this. I'm going for it. We look in the mirror and we think, how did I get here with this much regret in life at this point? All because we said, I'm afraid I'm going to miss something, so i got to make it happen now. And then we find ourselves at a place where, where we know where we are and we look where we should be and there's a great distance. And for most people, hopefully you know that's God is where you should be. For some people, they don't even know that. They just know they're wandering through life and something isn't right. Something's not working. And it's a big win when people turn around and realize my journey back needs to be towards God. Maybe you can relate to these stories. Take a look at the screen. My journey started when I was two years old and my mom and my um, dad divorced and I, we had lived with my grandmother for a long time and she had then at the, mo at the time gave us an ultimatum to stay with her or to leave and my grandmother and I did not have a good relationship. My mother and my grandmother did not have a good relationship. I met my ex-husband when I was a junior. Um, it was great in the beginning. I didn't really know who I was though at 16, 17 years old to be in, in love or even know what it meant. It was just something was missing. 
but I just was so in the moment and wanted like to get married and the whole fairy tale that I kind of pushed those feelings aside. Um, once we had my daughter, it definitely took a turn for the worse. His behavior changed and my behavior changed and I wanted out about a year after. And so I stuck with it for a little bit longer and we went to therapy. And then once I found out I was pregnant with my son, I felt like I was just stuck. I, you know, I have two kids and I definitely don't wanna be a single mom with two kids. So I knew something had to change and I just kind of went the wrong way to make that change. I had an affair and then on Father's Day weekend, I had another affair and the man that I had an affair with ended up being my boyfriend for a few years after me and my ex-husband separated. I think from the beginning of being with a grandmother that treated me like a piece of crap to now being in a relationship that I just destroyed and slept with multiple men, but there was no God. And if he was there, he was not a nice person. Uh, I grew up in a, a Christian home um, with two parents who also grew up in, in Christian families. When I was young, about seven, my, my parents moved to a camp in Central Illinois, a Christian youth camp. And that was a really, really cool way to grow up, uh, just surrounded by youth groups and, and Christian kids. And coupled with that, I also grew up in the church, surrounded by a family that uh, didn't just believe it, but they lived it. For me, growing up, uh, the key word I think in my family would be acceptance. Uh, I didn't find that out till later that that was a key word, but it was exactly what I knew growing up. No matter what I did, I would always be loved, um, exactly as I am in any moment. You know, I had a faith, I saw how it had played out in my family's lives, but I did not have a direction and I did not have a purpose that I felt like I was being pulled towards or, or called to. Just kind of searching, longing for a fulfillment that it seemed like everybody else in my family had and I just hadn't found yet. So that's what it looks like to, to long, to, to wish there was more and to fill up those longings with the wrong thing. So the first thing we have to awaken to is the, the realization that we have these common longings that we all deal with. And no matter who you are, no matter your age, no matter uh, your social status, no matter your education level, no matter where you are spiritually, you can identify with these longings. Every person in here, the, the, here here's a few longings. You might want to write these down. Everybody longs for love, right? Everybody wants love, especially Glenn Wolf. You know who Glenn Wolf is? Glenn Wolf is the Guinness Book of World Record holder for the most marriages in the United States. 29. 29 marriages. The longest, seven years. The shortest, 19 days. Why didn't he just give up? Why, why didn't like four or five in, he, you know, why didn't he just realize, I'm really bad at this, so maybe I ought to just not be married at all. But he kept going. Why? Well, because he had this longing to love and to be loved, and yeah, he was getting it wrong, and, and either he was messing up or he kept choosing very poorly every time he chose, but something happened, but he kept going. And he ended up, he, he's since passed away, but you can read about his story that you know, his last marriage was perhaps the most fulfilling one. He finally found it. But what if he had given up? What if he had just stopped? We don't do that. 
If somebody betrays you, do you say, that's it, I'm done with friends, no more friends, finished. Don't want any friends anymore. If somebody in a relationship hurts you, walks away, you don't just give up and say, I'm gonna be a hermit. I'm just gonna live as a monk. I'm gone, I'm, I'm out of society. I mean, you might do that for a little while, but you can come back because we all have this basic innate longing to experience love. And that causes us to make decisions. And oftentimes those decisions lead us further and further away from God. We also have this longing for purpose. If you have kids, you know from a young age, your kids are telling you what they want to be when they grow up, right? Did you want to be something when you were, you remember when you were little, you want to be a you know, policeman or fireman or doctor or something, and you're thinking of what you want to be? When our kids tell us that, we don't say, that's a dumb idea, ballerina, come on, who makes money being a ballerina? You don't say that to your kids. You don't say, well, honey, you don't really, you can't even walk straight, you know, you're not very coordinated, so the ballerina thing's probably not going to work out, and you don't need a job anyway. I got you for the next 15 years, no worries. You don't say that to your kids. You let them dream. You let them think about purpose. You, you, you got to have this purpose to, to feel like something in my life is contributing to the world and I'm making some kind of a difference. So we all feel like that. We all go through this longing for love, longing for purpose. Another longing that we all deal with is longing for meaning. You don't have to live very long at all to start asking questions. Why did this happen? Why did he leave? Why did she die? Why is this horrible thing in the world? Why did all this happen to all these people? Why is this here? Why do they treat this, this group this way? We have questions and we long for meaning and oftentimes that leaves us shouting out to God, God, why are you allowing this to happen? And that can guide our decisions and influence how we fill up those longings. See, the problem is not that we have longings for love and purpose and meaning. The problem is that we try to fulfill them on our own. We try to fill ourselves up with things we figure out and it never works. It leads to regret and mistakes and decisions that we wish we could go back and do it again. So what we're going to find out over the next few weeks is that longings, that's not the problem. The problem is how we fill them up. And you may think, well, I've already found God. I'm already a follower of Christ. Uh, okay, do I get five weeks off? I mean, no. Nobody could say, I am perfectly aligned with God in every area of my life. Now, there's, there's the spectrum. There's from that all the way down to maybe you came here and you've never even considered God as an option, and this is your first step and your first time. Everybody's going to find something over the next several weeks as we look at this story of this young man who made horrible decisions and found himself where he never thought he would be. There's some Bibles coming down the aisles right now. Raise your hand if you don't have one. Those are yours to keep. Ushers will give you one. You can take it home with you. You can also follow along on the screen. The story we heard recited from Luke chapter 15 in the New Testament is a story that Jesus told in response to a question about, Jesus, why are you hanging out with people who have lost their way? Why, why are you hanging out with them? So Jesus said, look, you need to understand I need to help you understand what God is like and help you understand what you're really like. 
And so he tells this story about this young man who was longing for more, who said there's got to be more. And so he goes to his dad, and this is what happens. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. Now, that would be an insult in any culture to say, hey, dad, um, can I go ahead and have that money now before you go? I mean, in, in our culture, you probably, you'd never get it, right? <laughs> He's like, okay, just because you ask, no, you cannot. But in their culture, it was this great insult because it was a very family-focused culture where the family stayed together, multiple generations in the same house, in the same town. And he went to his dad and said, look, you're as good as dead to me anyway. I don't plan on taking care of you. I don't plan on hanging out here. So why don't you just go ahead and give me my money now? So that, that's what he was asking. And before we're too hard on this guy saying, well, you unselfish, ungrateful little jerk. What he was saying was, I feel like I'm going to miss something, and so I need to go experience life now. How many times do we say that? Oh, I got, we got to do this now. What, what happens when you get marriage and sex out of order? Leads to regret. Why? Because you've got to experience it now. I'm going to miss this. I've got to have this now. This has got to happen now, and that will lead to regret. What happens when you see something you want to purchase, but you don't have the money, but think, well, I want this now. I don't want to wait. I don't want to wait and do it the right way and pay for it. I'm just going to run up credit. And then you're staring at your bank account thinking, how did I get here? You got there by saying, I don't want to wait. I feel like I'm going to miss something. So I'm going to make the leap now. So we're not that different. Maybe the question is different, Maybe the circumstances are different, but we're not that much different than this kid who asked his dad for money. Because all of us deal with longings. And we have a choice. I can allow my longings to lead me toward God, or they can lead me away from God. See, my longings are put in there by God, and so they're either going to lead me towards Him, or they're going to lead me away from Him. And like this young man he had a choice, and he chose to let them lead, lead him away from his father. Here's what he did. It says, a few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land, and there wasted all his money in wild living. Now, what was wild living in the first century? I don't know. Today, it would be like he moved to Vegas and lived on the Strip, or he moved to Bourbon Street, New Orleans, or something like that. Wild living would have meant conquests of women, wild parties, any amount of just sin you could think of because he had all the money he needed. And so he went and he lived it. And for some of you, that sounds like fun. You might think, well, I'll give it a try, you know, if you got all the money. It's like, even though we know people who win the lottery don't usually end up wealthy in the end. They don't usually end up happy. And most of them would say, winning the lottery destroyed my life. And yet, you go choose those numbers if you play, and you're like, God, I'm going to be different. <laughs> Just give me a chance. Let me show you that it can be different. But person after person, it ruins their life. 
And so it might look appealing, but when you try to fulfill your longings on your own, it's never gonna get you where you need to be in life. It goes on to say, about the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. And all of a sudden, this fun life was no longer fun. It says he persuaded a local farmer to hire him. The man sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him. In other words, the pig slop looked like it might be appetizing, but no one gave him anything. So his pursuits that started with him saying, I don't want to wait. I don't want to miss anything, Dad. I want to get out there now. I want to go enjoy it now. I'm not waiting. I'm going to fill these longings up. So his pursuits of women, did it fill his longing for love because he could, with his money, have about any woman he could buy? No. Did he fulfill his longing for purpose by the endless parties and all the other stuff going on in his life? No. Did he find meaning in life because he was able to afford more things and buy, buy more friends? No. He ended up lonely and broken and empty, probably looking in the mirror thinking, how did I get here? You can probably relate to that. Because some people sit across the table as husband and wife and they look at each other with feeling almost no love in, the, in their hearts for the other person saying, how did we ever get here? How did we get to where our marriage is a wreck and we don't love and respect each other anymore? How did we get here? Or you look at your bank account and you try to add it up, but it just doesn't add up. You got more going out to debt than you got coming in from income. And you look at each other, you look at yourself, and you think, how did I get here? You got there by trying to fulfill your longings in the wrong way. Or you look in the mirror and you look at the road behind you and you think, how in the world have I ended up with this much regret at this point in my life? See, longings are meant to lead me back to God. That's why they're in me. They're not in there to just go out and experience everything I want to experience. They're in there for a purpose. You long for love and purpose and meaning because God wants you to long for those things because the only way to truly fulfill those longings is to turn towards God. And the big question for us is, am I going to allow my longings to lead me toward him or away from him? Some of you understand, you're like, yes, my longings, I understand that. It leads me towards God. Some of you may think, well, I don't even, I'm not even sure I know who God is. Another writer in the New Testament named James said this. He said, come close to God and he'll come close to you. So that's what we're doing in this series. We're trying to show everybody and experience this together, a pathway to be close to God, to be the young man walking back and God's saying, I accept you. doesn't matter what you've done. doesn't matter where you've been. You don't, even, you don't even have to bow at my feet. Stand up. I accept you. See, we all are born with this something in us that makes us want to connect with something greater. In the book that we're encouraging everybody to read, Find Your Way Back to God, you can pick up one of these out at the info booth or just do a search for, or out at the cafe. You can do a search also on Amazon and get one as well. 
But there's a story that's told in here about uh, a young family. An author, Dan Millman, uh, who the author of this book quotes, says this about this young family. It says, a little boy was born to a family and his big sister, Sachi, started to ask her parents to leave her alone with the new baby. So they worried because most four-year-olds would be jealous and want to hit or shake a new baby. So they said no. But she showed no signs of jealousy. She treated the baby with kindness always. But her pleas didn't stop to be left alone, and they became more and more urgent. So they decided to allow it. Elated, she went into the baby's room and shut the door, but left it open just enough so her parents could peek in and listen. They saw little Sachi walk quietly up to her baby brother, put her face close to his, and say quietly, Baby, tell me what God is like. I'm starting to forget. If you can relate to needing to find your way back to God, maybe you've forgotten what He's like. Maybe you've forgotten what it's like to allow Him to fulfill those longings. Maybe you've forgotten that that he's the one that says, I accept you, you can come back no matter what. So for the next five weeks, we're going to go through five longings, including the one today of this awaken, or five awakenings, including the one today of longing. Because all of us get to a place where we realize life's just not, not where I thought it would be. And so here's what we're asking everybody to do. We're asking you to make a bet. Make a bet. Take a wager. You know, the, the, the mathematician, Blaise Pascal, in the 17th century, he believed in God, and he decided to challenge his fellow intellectuals to make a bet. And here's how he did it. He said these words. Make a bet that there's a God who loves you. If you're right, you have everything to gain. If you're wrong, you have nothing to lose. Make a bet that God is real. That's that's a really good bet to make. That's a great gamble to make because if you lose, you've lost nothing. But if you win, you've won everything. And the way we're going to go through this wager together is through praying together a specific prayer every week of this series. Now, prayer to you might be something that's very uncomfortable. Maybe you've never prayed. Maybe you've never considered, like, I'm just going to talk to God. You mean, like, just speak, just say something? Yes, like singing in the car. You know, that's what it's going to be like. And we're asking everybody to take that step. Some of you understand prayer, and you pray every day. But we're asking everybody, get a copy of this book, and then join us on this 30-day journey of finding our way back to God in every area of our life. So here's the prayer that we're going to ask everybody to pray the first week. God, if you're real, make yourself real to me. That sentence will be part of every week's prayer. And then this week, what we're going to add to it is, awaken in me the ability to see that you are what's missing from my life. What would it look like if you prayed that prayer and God answered it? If he didn't answer it, you're no worse off. But what if he answers? What if he makes himself real to you in your relationships, in the areas you struggle in life? What if he awakens something in you where you can suddenly see with fresh eyes, 
this is what's missing in my life. Here are the steps that I need to take. So we're going to help you. We're going to encourage you through this 30-day wager. Take out your smartphone. Those of you that aren't already checking your texts and Pinterest and all that stuff, take it out and text PRAY1 to this number. Just text PRAY1. You can get in or out of this text group anytime you want. But if you text that number, you'll get a response back in just a, a minute or two that just says, thanks for joining the Find Your Way Back to God prayer reminders. And throughout the next 30 days, we'll remind you on a periodic basis, here's today's prayer. Don't forget to pray it. And we'll go through this journey together. We'll put this back up at the end, have it up in the, on the screen out in the lobby if you don't have a chance to, to write that down. Where else are you going to go to fulfill the longings that God puts in you? Where else are you going to go to find the love that you really need? Because nothing on this earth can sustain the love that you truly need. Where are you going to go to find purpose, to feel like you're making a difference? Where are you going to go to find answers? God says, bring those to me. Let me fill those longings. Imagine what it would be like not to have to run after those things anymore, but just receive them from God. Imagine what it would feel like not to have to search for purpose or love or meaning. Imagine what our church would look like if we all did that together. In 30 days, what would things look like if God truly showed up the way we're asking and made himself real to every person in this room? What would it look like? What would your life look like? What would your marriage, what would your job, what would your family, what would your hopes and dreams look like if God really showed up? May he do that as we go through this journey of finding our way back to God together. Let's pray. God, may you make yourself real to us. God, even those of us that follow you daily, long to have a relationship with you. May you make it obvious the areas of our life where we need to invite you in. God, I pray as we go through this journey that the people here that have yet to find their way to you even for the first time, that over the next several weeks, that they would see the steps they need to take and they would experience each of those awakenings to help them live the life you have for each of us. I pray this in your son's name, amen.